Suleiman. Sadeddin. What's on your mind, bro? What's on my mind? Um, so I listened to a podcast this morning and, I, and there's a, there was a particular line that really stood out to me. Um, and the line was from a very famous sports coach. It was the Tim Ferriss podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. And what the sports, what the sports coach said was the most precious resource to human beings is not time, but energy. The most precious resource to human beings is not time, but energy. What do you guys think about that? Well, I agree. Definitely. Energy allows you to do something with the time, doesn't it? Do you see? So you can have as much time as you want. No energy, you can't do anything. So you see, the energy allows you to kind of utilise the time in the right way. So I guess also you have the energy and got the time, then, you know. But yeah, I, I see why you said that. I don't like to agree with things that absolutes, do you see? Sometimes yeah. I can see, you know, two things can be true at the same time, do you mm-hmm. see? Mm-hmm. So like, so I can see why he said that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose you have to agree with it. Um, because if you, I think to get things done takes energy more so than time, innit? You can spend, you can have a lot of time. Have you heard of Parkinson's law? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's the idea that if you have, 20 years to do five minutes worth of work mm. it will take you 20 years yeah mm. but um if you have like five minutes to do 30 minutes worth of work you can try and make it work and i think a large part that's to do with energy more so than time so yeah the reason why i found it mad interesting is because you see when i was studying economics like one of the biggest indicators to see which country which countries were more developed was like mortality rate how long did, did the average person in that country live for but now I'm thinking about it, is that really a good indicator to see how developed a country is? Because in Britain, for example, let's say the average lifespan is 80 years. But for many people, after the age of 50, they're using drugs to keep them going for the next 30 years. Do you see? So sometimes I feel like we equate surviving with living. So anyone wondering whose voice that is <laughs> in the background? Someone we haven't introduced yet, yeah? So this person... This person's <laughs> reputation precedes them because you've probably heard their name on a lot of a lot of um, our different podcasts. So. I'm going to be disappointed now. <laughs> <laughs> Is this it? <laughs> so Jacob mentioned that Ezra, <laughs> Ezra, you get me? Um, he did, but it was off camera. I have to I have to back him, but um, definitely been like a hugely influential person in my life and still is um, someone. Me, both me and Suleiman have been very excited to bring on. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, the pressure. They. Pressure, pressure, Donna. pressure. That's a lot of pressure, Sadadine. <laughs> that is a lot of pressure. So that's not me. I'm not being <laughs> So if you're disappointed, that's all on Sad, please. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah. yeah. We we'll, we'll share the blame in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how does it make you feel when you hear like I don't know Jacob or Ezra or I don't know any of us kind of talk about our time with you back in school days? Do you know it is my biggest brag. My, honestly in my whole life like with my I've got, I've got kids I've got four children and like they're you know amazing my kids are amazing like, I'm so thankful to God for my kids I was like you know thank God thank God you know this is just like I don't as a human being I don't know how I could have you know my family and you lot are like that extended family like you lot are my kids and it's like um, you don't have to it's like it's a job isn't it at one point you know whatever that you don't have to remember me you don't have to kind of want to reach out all the time you don't have to kind of you know rip. and actually it's the biggest brag like I don't care if I died a pauper the amount of times I remember my birthday like when the kids come back and they come like oh miss you know whatever and the kids come back and say 
you know, that uni. Um, one of my old students from Kingsdale, Josh, he was um, at uh, Oxford, you know, head boy, whatever they call it there, the posh words, whatever, I don't know, because I've never been there. Where's yeah, Josh? Right? Um, Josh Tullock. Oh, so he's at he's at Oxford right now. No, he's he's like he graduated last year. Oh, okay. You know, invited me round, went down there. Graduate. He he asked me to come to his graduation. Wow. You know those like yeah. it's just like so. You don't understand like how it really fills me with pride. Like I'm always. That's one thing I brag about all the time. Oh, you know, oh my gosh, look at where this one is, and they said this or whatever. But, like honestly, it's the best. It's it's such a it's such a nice feeling. It's the best. You know, it's, that's what makes teaching rewarding for me anyway. It's like, because I live and breathe my job, so, and these kids are a massive part of me, so when you look like, kind of, um, yeah, it's it's a lot. And actually, I feel the same way, I say the same thing about them, so it's like, yeah. Do you know what that makes me think of? Like, I was listening, to, this is from another podcast, so shout Man's out to everyone just that loves listening podcasts. to another podcast. <laughs> 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 all of my ideas are from podcasts. <laughs> I, I create nothing original. Um, there was a question like, how do you want to be remembered after you die? Or like, what phrase Ooh. or description do you want on your tombstone? And for a lot of people, it's like, he was a loving father. He was a, she was a loving mother. She was a loving teacher. Those are the types of phrases we would probably want on our tombstones, rather than the accolades all of, and all of the status symbols that we commonly think is associated mm. with success. It's, oh, I think, sorry. yeah, man, it's a lot to do with our connection with pe to people. Yeah, I think that's an, yeah, that's yeah. what that's what your comments just reminded yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving mother would be because actually that's yeah. how I feel. That's how I've been my mother, like my be, me being a mother. I've been that to my teaching and whatever. So mm -hmm. being a loving, just giver, you know, mm. that would be something that because it is, it's, uh, it's, and teaching is a, a very egotistical job. Mm. You are standing in front of a group of people who have to respect that you know what you're talking about. You're worthy of respect. You can control all of those things. It's it, and it's very difficult, you know, when you're teaching, when you're training like new teachers. Like, don't take it personally. Mm. These kids are there for the bands, you know. They're there, and actually, they just, you know, don't take it personally. Just be yourself and let them know they need you. They need to win you over, not you win them over. Do you mm. understand? It's very, and then somebody else comes into you. One of your colleagues will come in and come and observe and tell you whether you're doing it right or doing it wrong. Do you see? So there's always that kind of judgment on you as a teacher. So it is the kids that kind of make it worthwhile and actually um anybody who says that oh yeah i don't really care what the kids say it's a, it's a lie like you don't care and you don't do it because of what the kids say but when they come back and they say it it, 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 it honestly it's the best thing you know even mm. when a kid sends you a card and they write some a message not just yeah miss have a merry christmas bye but they say miss thank you for the da, 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 and they remember something you know and mm. and i can i could do that to every kid that i've taught Thank you for this. There's always something that they leave with you, you see. So it's it's that relationship. It just kind of established that actually there is a relationship there. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, um, yeah. And because with our relationships as well, we're always bantering. Mm -hmm. We don't really gas each other up. Like we're always <laughs> trying to bring each other down. You know, that's, that's, that's my way anyway. In my family, in my home, we banter all the time. Mm -hmm. In my classroom, anybody who's been in my classroom knows that Mrs. about the banter. If I haven't been about the banter in your classroom, that means maybe the banter really yeah. wasn't. <laughs> you know, but that's how it is. So like, uh, we don't really do that, do you see? And I think my background is well, we don't really do that. You just kind of do your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. So when the love comes back, it's like, whoa. And, it, and the kids just like, they're really good at that. So it, it does, like, I do cry. Mm. Like when I posted um, the little snippet of what Sad said, whatever, and then one of my girls from... Um, message me said, "Don't lie, you cried." You cried. <laughs> <laughs> you cried. Yeah, I was crying. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah. We were on video call when I when I showed it to Dee, innit? She's like, "What are you doing?" 
And I was like, yeah, have you, you ain't heard this yet, have you? And then, and then she was proper taking it in. I was like, you're folding. It's not that deep, you know. It's I put seconds. in the family group chat, I said, oh, just scroll to 22. That's what I'm going Get to the meat yeah, of it. But yeah, it was like, um, oh, bless, but yeah. And the kids are just like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, a prophet is never recognised in his own home. So whatever, you know, we'll watch it later. Yeah. What a... Before, like, what, what do you have a response to that? To what, what question? To the tombstone thing. What would be very, si- very similar to what, what Dee just said, like my personal relationships. The reason why I find it so important, that question so important, is because it, it just G checks you. Mm. It makes you like, you know, when you're like too invested in something material, you just need to chat to yourself for a second. Like, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, what that's matters? this is not what I want to be remembered yeah. for. Mm. So let me not, let my heart not be fully Definitely. in it. Definitely. It's all about your relationships. It's the relationships, definitely. Mm. Mm. It is, and actually, kids coming back mean that re- means that, that that relationship was established, and they remember it, mm. and they want to continue it, and that's just amazing. It's, it's, yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um, uh, when I was, when my mum was pregnant with my younger brother, I was about five. Um, she was widowed. My dad, my stepdad, but he's the only dad I knew. So my dad was murdered. We were lived in Brixton, um, and. Uh, so we moved out, we were moved out of the area and the rest of it. Then uh, my mum had my brother. My mum's very hot on education, you know, whatever. She was a single parent, widowed, whatever. Um, and I wasn't. I was very clever, obviously. I was, obviously. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was very, I was a clever kid, but I never knew I was clever. And I never thought I should be. It was weird, you know, whatever. So I remember being at, um, we, my mum, we went, I went to a prep school for a little bit. And then I left there, went to another school that time. I think it was Virgo for Days for about... Less than a year, I hated it there. It was when they had the, the the junior school thing. I hated it there. Then I came to Christchurch in um Brixton Hill. Amazing. I was right at home. Like everybody around there was like me. It was like whatever. I felt like this. I belonged. Whatever. And um, I remember in year so year six, our head teacher had a group of kids that he took to go and like as a group to, to, to tutor for like eleven pluses. I didn't even know what this was about. Like he had you know. And I was in this group. And I'm looking around. And I'm seeing. Like, these kids in here are, like, not like me, but, you know, anyway. Um, and we just used to go in there. It was just games. Like, you know, you do 11 plus quizzes and do whatever and, and the rest of it. And then you told my mum, you need to put her in for the 11 pluses, you know, whatever. So we did that. We did all the tests, whatever. Did well. And then we got into um, uh, Streatham High was the one my mum chose because it was local. We lived in Streatham. It was, in, you know, so it's local. <clears throat> um, and I, I loved my friends, but I... Didn't, just didn't like the school. I, and for me, because all my friends had gone to BTG here, they're here. Why am I in this school, this green mm. school, this posh school? Why am I here? Like, And I didn't understand it. And people used to get me for it as well. Because like, people who knew me from primary school was like, oh, you're in that, you know. And um, I never appreciated it. And I think some teachers, there were teachers there that some, who thought, this girl actually knows her stuff, but I wasn't interested. I just wanted to be me who I thought I was, do you get me? Like, you know, making jokes, cracking jokes. I was always disrupting lessons. I was just so like, ah, uh, like, you know. Um, and my mum was just like, because my mum, you know, typical African woman, she's doing her thing, you know, she's a nurse, she's working day and night to, to help us and do this. I want my daughter to do this. And everybody's telling about the potential her daughter has, but her daughter doesn't really care and the rest of it. And um, um, eventually, long story short, I was quote unquote asked to leave, excluded, whatever, yeah. leave the school because um, um, uh, I had a fight and the police came to the school to come and look for me and it was just like, like this girl doesn't want to be here, do you see? And also I'd, I'd got an assisted place, so it's like, you know, whatever. So my mum was like, you know, 
Um, and I remember in, in the in the meeting with the head teacher, I think the head teacher taught me to say sorry and say, what can we do to support you to do better? And I was just sitting there like, no, my mum was like, speaking to me in Chi, but Ghanaian. Mm -hmm. And she's like, just say sorry and just say you won't do it again or whatever. And I'm just like, no, I'm thinking this is my chance to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Do you see? And I remember just thinking like, you know, no, nothing, you know, whatever. Like, I was so happy to be getting out of the school. Um, and um, I did, I went, my mum said, you, think, you know, you're not staying in this country if this is how you're behaving. And I got went to Ghana. It was a making of me. The, the mm. making of me, being sent to Ghana was the making of me, the best thing my mum ever did for me. And she didn't even do it like a punishment, are oh, you going to Africa, are you going to go and suffer? That, we never saw Africa like that. You see, I was brought up quite African, you know, we mm. spoke language, we ate the food, so Africa wasn't like a punishment, you know? It was just, you're going to Ghana now because you're not, you know, whatever. So how, did you feel, how did you feel about going to Ghana when you were that young? Like, did you look at it as like an exciting opportunity or were you a bit resentful? I, I, honestly, so, so, I think I just didn't, whatever. Mm. I was like that, a bit like that, do you get me? Okay, you know, mm. I was, that's just what I was. I think it was, okay, cool, well, you know, I'll go, you know, go to Ghana. And um, when I got there, the first, you know, I went there, it was boarding school, it was like, and it was a make, honestly, I can't, if I start, that would be a whole podcast on its own, like a whole series, you know, whatever. Mm. And um, and it was making, over there, people are, oh, we're serious out here, do you know what I mean? No one's got time for your nonsense. Mm. You know, who are you going to fight with? Mm. No one's fighting, no whatever, everybody in the club, no one's going to bounce off your energy. So you, your energy needs to be redirected. So as much as I know, like, you know, with my, you know, ADHD, head and whatever. No one's really, the, the, the system is kind of set up to kind of support you doing well and being focused and going a particular way. Obviously, I stood out because I was quite, you know, everybody from school, like, oh my gosh, on that school, she was so hilarious. But it was positive. You know, the energy was always positive. It was like, kind of like, yeah, we're cracking jokes, we're doing whatever, I'm the daring one I'm going to do. If you're daring something to do something, I'm doing it, do you get me? And it's boarding school life was amazing like that because like, you had your seniors watching you, whatever. So it's like, um, like, if we could do stuff like that, we, we would. And I was not missing out. Do you get me? So you have the stories, you know. And then um, I came back to the country, came back to England. Um, had to do A-levels because the, the, the system over there doesn't translate to go straight to university. My mum said, you're not doing... That time it was GMVQs. My mum said, no, you're going to have a qualification A-levels. You're not doing GMVQs or whatever. You're going to do A-levels. So I had to go and do two years of A-levels at Burntwood. In that time, I got pregnant. I was pregnant with my, uh, my eldest. And um, it was like, my mom was like, you're still gonna go uni, you're still gonna do whatever. Um, and yeah, then I did. And then um, throughout uni, I was just having babies. I had like three kids while I was at uni. Um, so I was, you know, it took me a bit a, a bit longer, but it was just like, yeah, I was, you know, I was married with three kids. For me, it was normal. When I look back now, I'm like, wow. Do you know, like, how did you, how was that possible? I remember working two jobs, going to uni, you know, whatever. I remember I had a night job at Sainsbury's and I remember one time coming home from the night job and just sleeping outside of the car, outside the house. Like, you know, I had to drive early because I had to, you know, whatever. And falling asleep and waking up, it was like midday. Cause like, obviously it was crazy. Um, and um, yeah, and then, um, yeah. And then eventually when I finished uni, I went to work at Ashcroft, which was ADT at the time. Um, just trying to find, a, I just wanted to want a job. I didn't really need to work, you know, um, just for I wanted a job. My husband's all right, you know, whatever. I just kind of, and um, I got into, uh, started as a learning support assistant, you know, in the SCN area and did that for a couple of years. Then I thought I'm going to go do my master's in education. She said I started that. And um, then we got a new head teacher started, um, Marcus Barker. 
and I was doing unqualified teaching as well at the time because once again they had a group of kids that you know were a bit naughty and you know were kind of disrupting the rest of the class maybe had been predicted lower than the others so they like put them in another class and just teach them whatever so I did and I was doing that and that became a thing unqualified teaching and then Marcus called me and said you know you need to teach you know why are you not looking to test I was looking to do this there was loads of I was made promises about doing a doing a training course online or not online on why you work that's what you know you want to get you get paid while you train and um I was like yeah I was promised that but that's why I started my master's it didn't happen and he said we're going to make it happen because you need to become a teacher mm. and then um yeah and that's it and I was you know that's and that was it and I became a teacher and then from there did my NQT year which is one year and then moved to Kingsdale well then to Harris Peckham, yeah, and then um, Richmond, and now I'm here, and now I'm at my current school, yeah. You skirted over the fact that your father was murdered, so I want to I want to ask you about how much you know about that. Um, well, it was um, I just he was seeing my auntie off. My auntie used to wear a lot of gold in the back in the day. Um, it was uh, one of the guys from the estate who was high, but my dad knew him. And it was like, come on, Dave, like, come on, what are you doing? Like, you know, you know, whatever. It's like, it's a bit like, I don't know, sad thing coming to mug my mum and I'm like, sad, like, come on, it's me. Do you get me? And as in that case, that's it, straight knife in the heart, whatever, and done. How old were you? I was just nearly five. Yeah, nearly five. Yeah. Four, do you remember? Just... Do you remember being five? And like... I remember, I remember like the commotion afterwards because I wasn't there when it happened. Yeah. But I remember like, People come to the house, the police come to the house, news news people be in the house, interview my mum, I remember everything. I remember everything happened, yeah, yeah. And, was, mm -hmm. and then we had to move and all the rest of it. But um yeah, it was just it was it was that. But that's the thing, I think that's what one of the things I always talk about in terms of like with our kids at the moment, like that trauma. Trauma's never really dealt with, kind of you just get on with it, get me? And that's that kind of but I don't think but I also don't want to create trauma. Do you see? If I don't feel it, then I, I don't have to force myself to feel that actually at that time and I don't do you see but I, I see it must have been a traumatic event but I wonder how much it must must have shaped certain things and create but I don't know do you get me but for my mum that would have been that would have been a lot I think we that's that's a topic that I've been thinking a lot about recently yeah and I think I want to talk about this with both of you when when sometimes I struggle with like forcing connections between things yep like to what extent how do you try to navigate that issue of thinking about the past, thinking about the present, thinking about the future, and not trying to force connections? Like, but at the same time, trying to understand the impact of past events. Like, is there a way that you guys have tried to deal with that in your lives? Me? I think for me, I'm very expressive anyway. So I'm, if I'm happy, you're going to hear I'm happy. If I'm angry, you're going to hear I'm angry, I'm sad, whatever. So for me, I kind of expel those things anyway. I'm quite, you know, and I have a lot of people around me that kind of, can feed off my energy and kind of you know whatever and I and also being quite empathetic means that I'm quite um you know I feel other people's things anyways but I'm also very like practical about stuff like you know were we gonna wallow in this or mm. what do you get me and, and mm. actually um one of um the head um one of the, the guys I worked with is a head teacher at another school now Shirley High Tyrone he used to say to the kids are you gonna be what you are in spite of or because of do you see and that's something you got to make a decision like tragedy happens everywhere these things happen and you've got to kind of make a decision I think you've got to be practical about it we can't always rest in our emotions do you see and act you have to be practical and after a while I feel this but I want to get here this is why I'm right now I want to be here what do I need to do to get there and that's how I deal with that let's talk about friendship mm. so like 
How has your understanding of what a good friend is changed throughout your life? Ooh, that's a good question. For me, it's always important that I'm a good friend. You can't control anybody but yourself. You see, you can only control yourself. And we are all fallible human beings. So I've, and also whenever I take a friend, I like I take a sister, like, like I'm just, I'm not going to just drop it at like the drop of a hat. It's not like a frivolous thing. You can do, I've had people do like really things that have kind of hurt me, but you know, you just like actually know, cause I've probably done things that's hurt you. Do you see? But when the relationship fizzles out, if it has to, it has to. I don't want it to ever be a thing where we've had to, we were like sisters at one point. Why should we be like, seriously beefing or be enemies or whatever so there's that and I think it's really about me it really is about me forget you can't keep also because people are like I say human beings are fallible and someone's going to say something that is going to offend you and you're going to overthink it whatever but you can't throw a sister away do you understand and that's just what it is and I think um um it's all about how you even when I have an, an argument with somebody or someone and I know I've been disrespected someone dis disrespects me I always think myself, what did I do to allow that do you see? That's just what it is. You've got to be in control. Otherwise, mm. yeah. But um, friendship is really about, it's having like, it's that chosen family, isn't it? You know, some, that's that chosen family. It's that kind of, if it's real, you know, and um, none of this, I'm um, leaving you in 2020, you know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know, whatever. You know, you should be able to kind of like go to some of your problems. Like I've got a really, um, like, um, one of my best friends, like, she's like my little sister, you know, Yasmin, she's like, she knows everything. Like, and I can go to her with anything. And um, she's like, yeah. And we've had arguments before, we haven't spoken before, but it's always in the end. And then even when we annoy each other, it's never going to be a thing. I can't imagine her not being in my life, do you see? And with kids as well, I think it's really important that you, I choose my friends wisely because I want my kids to aspire the people around me, do you see? Um, uh, to be aspirational. I don't want my kids to be around people that I wouldn't want them to be like. Then why are you, why are they here? They call them auntie and uncle. We're Africans. Everybody's auntie, uncle. Do you see? They're in their life. They're wherever I can go to them with, you know, my problems or my success, successes or whatever. They can come to me too. Do you see? And it's nice and like, it's that reciprocal relationship. So I asked Adidine a question yesterday. I was like to him, why are human beings so good at giving advice to their friends, but not good at giving advice to themselves? Like, you know how we all have this private voice in our head? Mm -hmm. That kind of, that private voice that, that, that kind of critiques our, our mm -hmm. actions and our behaviour. Mm -hmm. Like, because one of the quotes that Adidine mentioned in a previous podcast is you should speak to yourself the way you speak to your friends. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you guys think about that? I think the thing is, you you can, but it's about doing it, isn't it? It's doing. How many times do you do for advice that they don't do it anyway? Mm. So it's not that you can't give yourself that advice. It's just about not doing it. Secondly, there is something that, you know, when you're in that, when it's you, it's subjective. You can't be objective about yourself. Not all, you can be, don't get me wrong. But when it comes to those kind of situations where you need to be advised, you it's difficult to be objective about yourself. It's subjective, so it's biased at all times. So it's easy for me to look at you and say, you need to do X, Y, Z, mm. A, B, C, and do whatever, because actually I can see where this is going. If it's, for example, let's say it's a relationship, for example, my feelings are not in there. You know, maybe you've got a boyfriend that's treating you like rubbish, and I think, why are you with him? Do you see? But your love is in the off. You might have put so much energy and everything into it. You're trying to will it to work, and he's telling you something in your ear. I can see it's lies, but you can't. So you see, but actually, I know that I wouldn't have that. How? You can't say that because you don't know what would happen if you were. Because actually, you're now in, in an objective position where you can actually say, actually, this, I can see this for what it is, where somebody else is that you're in it. It's like going to somebody's house. It's always easy to tidy up somebody else's house than your own. 
if, if I go to somebody's house and their place, their room is messy, I will be able to tie that in a hot second. Mine, oh, I know that, oh, this jumper, you know, I might want to wear it next week. <laughs> here. I don't know when I'm going to, if yeah. I'm going to find it and I know this, whatever, actually, I'd want to, and I'm, I'm even thinking about throwing these things out and then it becomes a thing, then you're watching something, you're procrastinating. And I think that's kind of how it is. I think hmm. it's about objectivity and subjectivity. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. What do you think? I agree with you. I also think there's a part of it where because you don't know all of the the issues that someone else has to the extent that you know yours, mm. you can perhaps see others in a rose-tinted way. In the same way that you might walk into a room and go, oh my days, this person's so confident. They have their life sorted out, etc., etc." But that's because what you see, do you know what I mean? But about yourself, you know every kind of level. And so I think we're, we're far more, we're, when we have that in our mind, we're far more critical about giving ourselves advice. Like, you're not going to, you know what I mean? But with other people, because sometimes mm. you, can see, you can see them through that rose-tinted mm. view, you can kind of go, yeah, you, this, this will be fine for you. Like, you'll be able to take this on board. And, and also it's personalities it. as well, isn't it? Because you've got some people who are, once again, the who you are because of or in spite of, you've got excuses, haven't you? Mm. So I can't do this because da 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 Or some people are very much like, you know what, I've got to find a way to do this. Do you see? So it's like, um, it depends on your personality as well. Because you're so, if you're somebody who can give yourself 10 reasons why you can't do something, you won't do it. How do you guide your children to choose the friends you think will be best for them? Mm. I'd never do that. I think the only one I've done is from the youngest one because she's the youngest and she's just got the little princess syndrome because she's just like, oh, whatever. But for me, it's very important at every single level that my relationship with my kids, so I, they go out there and they reflect what's been been taught at home mm. and if it hasn't we've got to look back what what didn't connect or why haven't you done and actually I don't think all the time parents will, will have a relationship with the kids connect and give them something they go out and peer pressure whatever and I, I don't being a teacher and knowing I know that sometimes the, the reality at home is very different to what happens mm. outside of the outside of the home so I think for me it's not I'm not going to be telling you who to choose, but I'm I'm blessed in that I have a very close relationship with my kids. Mm. Like we talk about everything, and like we talk about every single thing. Sometimes I'm like okay, right, okay, I don't want to hear this now. Ever, ever. We talk everything. So for me, and they come to me a lot for okay, mum, listen to this. Yeah, what do I say to this? So this mm. person's doing this. Da, da, da. What do I say? To, okay, okay, cool, right. So in my head, I think they're doing it, and you know what I'm like. Yeah. I'm like I'm 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 very analytical. I'm thinking about if this happens, what we're going to do here. Da, da, da. So we're very much like that. So apart from my son, you know, Caden, he's just like you know, Caden. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, my they're all yeah. Um, they're very much like, mum, look at this. Like, what should I say to this? Do you know what do I say? And it's that kind of thing. And they might even when Kay's at uni, like she'll be sending me stuff. Mum, what do you think? I'm gonna do this. Da, da, da. What do you think? I said, nah, 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 nah. Don't do this. Just do that. Da, da, da. Okay, cool. It always works. And for me, for them, it's worked. So for they they keep on coming back. Mm. And so that's in everything that they do. Like they really cut. They we do talk. And we mm. do like we're really close family in that sense. Like um yeah so. There's, there's, like, there's no doubt that you've probably that you've taught your children a number of things. What I'd be interested to know is, what do you think your children have taught you? Oh, that's wow. Um, right now, I love that question. Um, and I just don't have an answer for it. Do you know why? Because I want to answer it properly. I love it so much. I want to answer it justice. <laughs> Let me think. Um, what have my kids taught me? Um, this is for them to watch. They're watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're watching right now. <laughs> They've taught me, I think I'm really proud of my kids and I think they're really proud of me. And I think, 
and I don't know why. I'm not because of it. And I don't say that because, oh my gosh, I'm just this amazing person. I really, like, we're proud of each other, you know, and I think we got really close. And I think they taught me the power of family because... I don't, I've got like best friends in the house. You see, I'm not one of the, I'm not trying to be a cool mum with a fresh, but I really have my best friends in my house. Like mm. any emotion I'm feeling, they are, they can, and I don't ever dump on them, but they are there, do you see? Mm. And, um, and they all give me something different, do you see? At different times and different ways. And um, they've taught me a lot about myself, about how much I can handle, yeah? And they've been an integral part of who I am, even in my job, me, they really kind of, that unity, unity, we've got a lot, there's, there's, we really support each other in that sense. And so for me, the kids have taught me the power of relationships and family, definitely. And that's, that sounds, of course they have, they're your kids, but not in just a kind of, the, oh my gosh, it's so important to have family, I'm, I love my kids. It really is, they have come out like, for, like the way they support each other even, like from a young age, I'm looking now, and thinking, wow, like, because I was obviously a young mother, just whatever, you take things for granted. I said, wow, these kids, like, really, you know, they did a lot, do you see, especially for each other, you know, and they, and like, they surprised me every day, like, and they're very resilient and they're whatever. And I think for me, um, they know a lot about stuff as well. So I can talk to them and get advice from them sometimes, like, what do you think? It's like, yeah, you know, and they know me. So I think the power of family in that sense, like, that unity, like, we're mm. not, we're all one. And actually, it's it's um, because we have nothing but each other. We really have nothing but each other. And so, yeah, and and I, I yeah, and they've taught me that, yeah. I mean, they. I, that's it. That's. I mean, there's so much that they've taught me. And I, I, if you ask another question, I, you know, I won't give you that question because I don't want you to ask it. But yeah, it, it would be a different answer that would be so encompassing so many things. But if we're talking about what they've taught me, mm -hmm. it would be the power of family because of the experiences I've had with them and. Like we've been through a lot together and they've come through like, and if for them it's like, psh, nothing, like, you know. You know, you only know you're a bad mother. You only know you're good or bad as a parent when, when it's too late. You will only know when it's too late to do anything about it. You will never know at the time you need to know. Obviously you will know you're not doing that right. You shouldn't be beating your child up. You shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, of course. But even when you've done your best, you will only know if it's been good enough when it's too late. You see, so that's what it is. And it's like, yeah, you kind of have to, I think these kids have kind of, sometimes go back and think, wow, they've, you know, they've done a lot and they've, you know, yeah. So you had children at quite a young age. Mm. Um, if you could kind of go back mm -hmm. and, and like when you had your first child mm -hmm. and do anything differently, what would mm -hmm. it have been? I can't could say anything because uh, I have, I'm so rich now from that experience, mm -hmm. you see? And actually, uh, it's, it's the, it was the making of me. Do you get me? It, was re it really was the making of me, but I wouldn't tell anybody else to go and do that. Mm -hmm. It's just not a normal way to live. And actually, it's that I'm, I'm very much now, now that I'm older, about normalizing success, you know, wellness, health, you know, well-being, all of those things, even luxury, as it were, do you get me? So mm -hmm. I don't want, uh, like, it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. But I think what happens is that we, I was brought up in a, you know, around, like when you talked about in your podcast about single parents mm -hmm. and the rest of the strong, strong women and whatever. And I was brought, around, brought up, like, you know, kind of like wearing that struggle badge of pride. And for me, it's like, yeah, you should definitely feel like you've accomplished something if you've come out the other end of something but you shouldn't have to create keep on creating struggle to kind of authenticate your your being or your strength or whatever actually you know you're a human being and actually why not and it's when I moved to 
um, a, the school I was working at in Richmond, I realised that like, you come in from a school in Peckham where kids are getting sent home because their haircut is this or whatever, and you know parents can't make it to parents' even. It's not always because they don't want to come. They're working how many jobs to kind of put food on the table and the rest of it, and you know no one's coming in to even complain about anything. And you get to Richmond where you've got parents like complain when you give a kid a detention. Do you ever, you know, like I was, you, you, and you're thinking, and the kids are quite entitled and you don't resent them for that, actually. I remember when, when I first started, I was like, what the, what's this? Like, can we just do our job? Like, do you have to contact me about every single thing? Like, can you not just trust that, you know, whatever? And it's like, it gets irritating after a while. And you think, actually, you know what? And the kids too, like the, the way they question, the, the way they feel so entitled to everything, everything. And you think, actually, that's how it should be. Mm. You're, you know, you know, you know, we, we Ashcroft, you, you, you had that feeling that it wasn't your school. You were mm. allowed to come to the school. Now, I, I, I think people don't give Ashcroft enough credit, and I'll come back onto that in another, another thingy. But um, there is that thing about a lot of schools, you know, where it's like, you're lucky to be coming here. Actually, no, it's my right, and you're getting money to educate me, so you better educate me. Do you see? You better allow me to come to school. You can't be telling me that I'm going to be in isolation when I'm supposed to be in maths, you know? And so, you, so when you've got that, and parents have that um, that voice, and they use it appropriately. You're now challenging the school. Now you can't be doing this. You know, actually, you're not supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be in maths. Why am I in isolation? You know, your um, your friend, um, uh, the lecturer. I keep on thinking his name. Omar. Like Omar. When you talked about no, that wasn't Omar. It was somebody else. Um, was it um, uh, Saklane? Saklane talked about being in isolation for smiling in in in, yeah. in, the, in a fire yeah, line yeah, or something. Fire drill. Fire drill. Yeah. yeah. Do you see? It's like, what's that? That's my. You know, what's what is that? Do you see? Mm-hmm. But that can't happen in certain schools yeah. because the parents won't allow it, which is good. You know, it gets annoying when it comes to every single detail. Why is my child in the class with this person? They're trying to control you. But actually, I like the fact that there are people out there fighting for their rights. So as a, you know, as a mother, was the question, going back to the question, I was going to say, this is where I came to, I don't know, I forgot what I was going to say now. But yeah, yeah. it's that kind of, um, yeah, normalising kind of, you know, the, um, what would I do differently? I wouldn't ask anybody to go through that because actually I feel like because there's things I didn't know at the time about, how to do things better, but actually that that's what's brought me to where I am, and I cannot change. I would mm-hmm. not change anything else at all. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't change anything. I would kind of. Um, I'd be. You know, I wouldn't advise anybody else to do it because it's it's a struggle, and you know, yeah. So in the episode, in my episode, mm-hmm. Suleiman and I were talking about the idea of being at the mercy of your environment. Mm. And this was specifically in a state school context mm. in a city, London. And you've touched on it as well already. And I remember you and I having a similar conversation. Mm. And I wanted to know more about what it's like on a teacher side. Do you know what? I always go back to this. You know why I love teaching inspector calls? Yeah, I always go back to this. And I always tell kids this when I'm when I wherever. I remember, do you remember um Marley and Sean's year group? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I taught. Um, a class that I remember there was a Mufti day or something and the kids were laughing at one of the boys because you know those, those were the back in the days when we used to be wearing Astro Turf <laughs> yeah. yeah right so you don't wear the, you don't wear the type yeah so the guy was wearing Astro Turf uh, jeans and Astro Turfs yeah and they were laughing at him and they were just taking a mick out of him and going on and on and on and they're just laughing like you know and it's just banter and it's but I've, I could see you know what I'm you know, Tad will tell you, I'm all about the banter. Anybody that knows me will tell you, Mrs. and I will go, like, I love the banter. But I'm also, like, 
that person's not bantering with you. That's mm. not your banter, mate. So what you're doing right now is not bantering. It's mm. not bullying. Bullying is a strong word, but it's not bantering. Mm. You're finding it funny, but actually I'm thinking to myself, that might be what the parent can afford, you see? Mm. They, or they can't say to their parent, can you buy me this? The parents bought, so don't be doing that, you see? So I had to finish that. I, said, I remember in the class and I said to them, <laughs> I said, yeah, and I, said, and I said to them, do you know that there are actually kids in other schools, yeah? Who wouldn't step foot, wouldn't put their dirty astroturfs, yeah, where you lay your head. Their parents would not allow them. You call, with the essay you call home, they would, their parents would allow them to come to where you, where you live. Do you see? Yeah? That's not because where you live is whatever. You should be proud of where you live. But what I'm trying to say to you is that there's something bigger out here at play. You can't be laughing at somebody's shoes. Do you see? Yeah? And you lot think you're rich because you've got a PlayStation or you've got this, you're wearing these trainers. Whatever. But there are people out there that are laughing at you. for. So let's stop all of this. We're all in this together. Do you see? Yeah, we're all in this together. We're all broke. <laughs> yeah? I was with you. Yeah? That. I was going to say that myself. Yeah? We're all broke. Do you see? They're, we're all broke. You know, and I mean, it's true. I take my daughter to parties and I'm, it's a private road. Yeah. They live on a private road. Do you see? So actually, do you, do you it's think... it's not on Google Maps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so am I, do I care about astroturfs you're yeah. wearing? And they're wearing beat down trainers, whatever, but their future is secured. Mm. And you're sitting in this classroom... You see, struggling to get a C in English, yeah, and we're talking about, they're not, uh, the boys I mentioned, they were not struggling, they were just saying they're a year group, innit? yeah, and we're talking about somebody's, somebody's clothes, you see, and I remember the look, in the, the look in the boy's face was like, because, you know, he's one of these, you know, he's like an Asian boy, just trying to do well, whatever, whatever, and it was like, almost like, like, relief, and everybody was just quiet, mm. everybody was just quiet, I said, this is what I'm, I'm talking to you, about. I was been talking to you about when we're talking about, when we're doing priestly and the rest of it, and, and, the rest, and we're talking about, um, class and, and status and the rest of it. And that's it. You're not even aware that you're working. You don't even know you're working class. Do you see? Nothing wrong with being working class, but you don't know what that means about the way people perceive you and how you have to fight against certain things. And you're sitting here laughing at somebody, we're all broke. So let's just get on with this now. And, and it was just like, for them, it was like, okay, so when, as a teacher, for me, it's not just about teaching them the English, the literature, the whatever, blah, blah, blah. It really is about teaching them who, who are you and what could you be? What could you do? One of the saddest things for me was like, obviously we had to bury one of our students um, about two years ago, Malcolm. That was like, you know, that, ah, oh, it was the worst night. And I remember the kids all calling me on the night. I remember be driving and one of the kids calling me, said, miss, where are you? And they're all in the background saying, no, I'm not, she, oh, I'm just on my home. What's up, Justin? Because normally they'd be doing that, meaning they're on their way to, way, way to school to come and see me. And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm on my way home now, whatever. And somebody's like, oh, she's driving now, Larry. She's driving, Larry. I said, no, what's wrong? I've got your loudspeaker. No, 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 miss, it's okay, whatever. No, miss, miss, are you driving? Can you park up? I was like, what? You know, and they just, you know, they just, whatever. And I said, yeah, I'm parked up. I wasn't parked up. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm parked up. What, what is it? And so, oh, um, they said, no, no, allow it, allow it, allow it. Just don't, don't tell it, don't tell it, don't tell it. I said, what is it? What is it? And they told me what, that he'd been, you know, and it was like, it was crazy. And I remember making my way to St. George's and then um, seeing his mum there and a the brother. She hadn't told the brother yet because they didn't, whatever. it was mad. And just being there and the, the kids all came like, and they all came like, yeah, it, it was crazy. And they all came to the um, hospital and like just what, obviously we knew he would, he'd gone. 
and um, it was just crazy. And then, and I think when they, the hospital saw all these boys, it's obviously it's a stabbing and whatever. And, and, were, and he was not that kind of kid either, you see. And they saw it, they were all kind of like, oh my gosh, whatever, whatever. They just come out and say, guys, can you please? And then every time you, all right, miss, okay, miss, okay, miss, okay. It's that kind of, that relationship, like you've got that. And I know these boys are not these, they're not going to come and, come and, do anything in the hospital, do you see? But I know the perception people have of them. So having to be in that, that kind of buffer was actually really, and that's the relationship. That's when you talk about feedback and those kind of things. And I remember um, being there and having to go in there one by one with, the, with them to kind of see the body and this, whatever, and they're talking. And, and after that, we had this amazing, every Friday we were at Malcolm's house, like all of us at Malcolm's house, the kids, and the family opened up their home to all of these kids, like, and literally every weekend, like a party, Friday, we were in that house, in that home, just kind of like it was like together and and for me why would i get that i wouldn't i could not work in a city and get that kind of feedback do you see that well that's for me that's feedback and every day being there like you know and kids coming and then you know and just be able to grieve and mourn with them but actually kind of like let's build this up now let's get this you know and um that was you know in uh, honestly it was the most i uh, was bitter i won't say bittersweet because because I, I would do any i'd get rid of all of that, that unity to bring Malcolm back, do you understand? But the fact that in, in his death, that could have happened, it was it was amazing. It was honestly, it was, and the family as well, like for me, that was just like, it was, yeah, I can't, I don't think, and that's, those are the kind of things that I'm proud of. When I see my kids, those when I see the, the kids, I'm proud of you, because you know, like when like my Kingsdale lot call me and say, mom, we're taking you out, whatever, he's about to go in Nando's, got to go and find somewhere that's halal, obviously, you know, whatever. <laughs> a few places we go we go to and whatever we'll sit there and the I will cry like the way we will laugh you know the way we will laugh and like the way they're just so like and they want to share things with you and whatever like I'm so proud of you lot because you lot are you know SK's driving yeah you know you got a car now whatever yeah whatever <laughs> it's like it's so like and it's um, for me it's um even to get a trim like is that you <laughs> you know um but yeah um honestly it's um yeah, you, you, there's no other job like it. There's no, I don't, that's what I'm saying, obviously. I'm biased because this is my job and this is, and I love it and I live for it. There's no other job like it. There's nothing like, yeah, there's nothing like it at all. And yeah, I'll, I'll do it for free. Get up in the morning and do it for free. Won the lottery, I think I'll definitely go back into work. At least I'll be able to choose my school. That's <laughs> it, yeah, but yeah. Challenge the world. Just challenge the world, like, why not me? Why can't I? Why shouldn't I? You know, I've done this now, what's gonna happen now? You know, that kind of thing. Just don't allow people to kind of give you, don't give people excuses to fail you. And that's what used to worry me a lot, like, you know, like, don't give people excuses to fail you, like, you know, yeah. Um, my final question then would be, what way do you wanna challenge the world? What? Um, I don't, you know what, um, your friend, um, Sakel? Sakelain. Sakelain. It's a lovely name. Sakelain. Sakelain, yeah. um, was talking about like imposter syndrome and being a great person, whatever, blah, blah, whatever. And that's really me. So I don't have an answer to that question because I don't, I just do what I do on a daily basis. I think advocate for, you know, I'm quite a bit of an advocate for the underdog, as long as underdog is, you know, whatever, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm um, so in your day. I just think in your own sphere of influence. Do you see? Um, 
going back to you because you want to talk about kids you know from Ashcroft and the rest of it. So like something like Shaq, mm. for example. I remember Shaq when it was um, was it A level time, and it was his drama. And like you know what, that's it. You're off. You're not gonna do it. You're not bothered with whatever. And we know Shaq's journey. Like um, you know, maybe I shouldn't say I don't know, but he still share his journey anyway. You know whatever. And I'm like, this guy's got to A levels and he's doing drama. All this, and he's really in it. Like why would we not? Do you see? So I don't teach drama or whatever. Okay, cool. I went to see the drama teacher. Like, what does he need to do? Like, I had the whole two years coursework to do, yeah. And he had until a certain time to finish it, like days. We had a weekend at the third, I think, first week. So that week, every day after school, we we're doing some of it just to get you through to get a, a grade so you can stay stay on the court. And um, it was that challenging. Mr. Robert said, okay, right, cool. I get that. Because actually, yeah, Shaq was an underdog in every whatever. He'd also put himself in that position where he hadn't done the work. Do you get me? Whatever. But, right, why would we not do this? Whatever. Okay, if you can get him to do it by this time. And no, everything was not going to happen. Do you see? It was not going to happen. I remember having a discussion with somebody and them being a bit annoyed about me prolonging the situation. And, you know, Shaq's volatile. Like, you just don't know. If he's gonna, you know, someone like Jacob as well, but you know, he's always gonna, he's just, cause he's like a son, do you see? So he's always kind of, kind of, but you just don't know, because ah, oh, I can't bother and just whatever. So I remember one time um, he came to my classroom and, and there was a teacher there, one of the teachers, and they'd been, cause it's him, it's like kind of, what are you in here? And he's, you know, well, I'm just a few times we which not, teacher's not in the classroom, you're not supposed to be in here, whatever, but whatever, whatever, why are you? And when I came, they were talking to him and he was sitting on the floor and they were talking to him, they're really kind of, and I hate that kind of standing over kids talking to him in that way, but they were. And when he came in, he said like, miss, it's only because of you, like that I didn't spaz out and just do something, do you see? And I was like, thank you, I really appreciate it. Even though we're here for you, but you know, I appreciate that. Cause actually a lot of times the kids will do it for you, do you see? And we sat down and we did it. And he remembers that and we'll talk about it, whatever. And he went on to go, to, he started this uni course in, in performing arts, whatever, like such a great uni, do you understand? Mm. But it was him as well. Like the expectation for him was to, to just fail. And yeah, you're gonna put your, and it's that kind of like comeback, like actually, thank you so much. You challenge them too, do you understand? And now you have to be on a course and you get whatever, and then you actually, imagine the difference, the change that would have made, do you understand? And we know what the alternative could have been. So actually, for me, it's like challenging the world. So for me, if I'm gonna be challenging the world, it's gonna be basically on that, and advocating for, you know, where I think that's what it is. Because you can't, I, I, I don't, and also I don't think I have that much power you know, and I think we all have our, I think we have to focus now on, in our little spheres of influence, what can we do to influence change? People are trying to be big influencers. Like, influence is actually a term, it's actually an occupation now, do you understand? And good or bad, whatever. And people are trying to be that. People are trying to, and, and, and the fame that comes with it, and the name that comes with it, and everything that else that comes with it. Actually, let's just calm down now. You know, whenever a movement comes, everyone should jump on a movement. But on a day-to-day, -day, what are you actually doing? And I think for me, it's about showing kids that their lives matter and that actually and advocating for them because it matters. And no matter how many times they fall, they come back to you. You have to, you, I just say no to a kid is difficult. It should be difficult because they've got their whole life ahead of them and you shouldn't be giving up on them so, so easy or so quickly, you know? But yeah. In your own words, how would you define success? Just realizing and achieving your purpose. It's about purpose. I think I think a purpose-driven life is one that's just gonna just always be whatever. You're gonna always be in the journey. You're always it's like, it's one of those things. I, that's me. It sounds a bit cliche, a bit wishy-washy and whatever. And I know a lot of people, and also it might also sound a bit 
dated because now it's all about, you know, targets and this and this and that, that. But I think a purpose-driven life, it's like it's purpose that that, that led me here today. Do you see? Because like it's like actually it's a sad thing doing something like that. Sad D like I've got you know I've got to be there. It's not like oh I've got an appointment you know whatever and I'm gonna be up here and whatever. You know I hate being the camera. The camera's added to so many pounds. You know whatever. <laughs> I hate whatever. I I don't like it. It's not. I like to talk as you can tell. Yeah, I talk a lot, but I'd rather not be on camera. I'd rather not be whatever. But like. There's some, I'm doing it for sad, you see, and it's a purpose-driven life. I think that is, a, and when you find and you manage to get into your purpose, get into it and live it, that's success, isn't it? I mean, you know, and if you Birkin bags on the side. You know. <laughs> I was watching a speech by Chadwick Boseman to Denzel Washington about like an achievement award. Mm-hmm. And he says, let she who has watered be watered. So that's kind of oh, okay. That's a nice note. So profound. That's gonna, that's gonna stick with me. Intersection. Intersection. <laughs> Let's delve deep into that. Let's delve deep into that. <laughs> oh, Saturday, man. But yeah, um, yeah. Bless. But yeah, I yeah. It's been good. Well done, guys. I, I love this. What you got to do here? Yeah. Seriously, it's nice. It's nice, and the friends watching your friends come on and the rest of it. It's it's a nice little. I mean, uh, it's massive. I, it's nice that you guys. What you said about your your lecture saying don't get too attached to this place and whatever. And like it's like yeah, light work because it's like that normalizing whatever. But mm. I think you also, on the other hand, have to realize that this is a big deal because we're still fighting to get people like you in these in these institutions. You see, and you're here. Do you get me? So it's like. I remember when I was like you when I was like doing my A levels, I didn't even know there was a Russell group. I didn't even know there were Russell Group universities. They were telling me to pick a university in London because I had a daughter and get one with a crash. Do you get me? And then, oh, maybe do you want to even go to university? Picked my course for me, whatever. And actually I could have gone to King's. Could have gone to London School of Economics. I got do you get me? I could have done those things, but psh, it no one ever told me about those things. And now we've got another we've got kids now who don't know mm. about the university system. Mm. So it's like it's those kind of things where you think to yourself, actually, you know what? Um it, it's it's good that you're not letting it get to your head and you you remain grounded in the rest of it. But it's important that people know that this is what we need to make the norm. And it's not the norm, do you see? And that's mm. why it's like it it should be celebrated. Not you lot. But it's the position you are in needs to be celebrated. And actually, you've got you've got there against a lot of odds, you know. So yeah, it's good. Another bombshell. <laughs> yeah, give us your feedback and get in touch. And yeah, thank you for coming through.